Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are priest. Uh, my name is James Drew. I'm joined here by Tyler, the big Herb Herbach. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Army taking down Nave this weekend. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> a fat bet on that. Uh, and Trey, Sticky Fingers, Jose. Ow. <laughs> uh, shout out to Navy losing to Army. <laughs> I don't know what Ow's from, but I'm just doing the reverse of a hoo uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you all for tuning in. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers or on Instagram. Also at the FF Fathers. Um, some decent little funny clips there of behind the scenes things we talk about when we're not recording. So uh, go there if you want a little laugh at uh, at some reels. At least I think it's funny. I don't know. I mean, we die laughing for most <laughs> of these episodes. So yeah, we find it fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. You get to see the shit that we do, and it's uh, uh, the woman running our Instagram does a very good job. The woman. <laughs> It's that girl. That girl. That girl. Um, that woman. Good job on her. Don't take our word for it. Just check it out. She's very good. At the FF Fathers. Um, Nothing like free labor either. Right, boys? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about white. <laughs> nothing like... In this economy? <laughs> All right, starting off hot here. Oh, uh, waiver wires. Dude, they hit my funny bone way harder than <laughs> that. I really like that one. <laughs> Jesus, Lee. <laughs> Sitting his ancestry there, <laughs> striking a chord. <laughs> Get them all fired up. Um, waiver wires, week 15. It's the playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs? I can't even win a goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, sick. If you made it, congratulations. Uh, if you did not, better luck next. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry. Maybe you should have listened to us. Yeah, or maybe not, because Muppets didn't do so well. I don't think Muppets did a single thing we told them to do all season. Yeah, Muppets. (laughs) Sorry, Muppets. Let us know if you actually do what we say, because um, if you did that bad, I hope hopefully it wasn't things that we said. He probably just listens for the puns. Hopefully he has more leagues because uh, in the league that he's I mean, in with us, he did horrible. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's all right. Now, granted, he is a pun guy. Every time he hits a pun, <laughs> gives us a DM on Twitter. It is the punniest thing you've ever heard in your life. Like he's got puns yes. more than Trey has puns. Ooh. It, it puts me to shame. I've been slipping this year, but there's still weeks left. So I got I got some puns up my sleeve. You know, just been holding on to him for the fucking playoff run. Yeah, um, I didn't get my concealed carry permit, so I'm just open pun carrying right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, in our listener league, we are all in the playoffs. Congratulations, boys. Uh, Hell yeah. We don't look like complete idiots. Uh, but whoever this finish line guy is, get him out of the league. <laughs> Dude, his my team coworker. Is, his team is stacked. I have to admit, like he's he put together a damn good team. This is a perfect example of why fantasy football um, still just gambling at the end of the day. This uh, finish line that we're talking about is one of my coworkers, and he does care about football, but he's way more interested in like raving and doing shit like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're all getting shit on by uh, a guy that puts fancy lights on his hands and parties with strangers. I mean, so. but <laughs> he, he did a great job of taking risks on guys that were late round guys. I mean, most are right. Top three back in the league. Normally gets hurt. That's why we call him the most hurt. But uh, Might be the fantasy MVP. Could be. But guys like him uh, taking a risk on Keenan Allen as your wide receiver two, who a lot of people thought was going to fall off this year, didn't happen. Uh, Picking up DeAndre Swift, who was a super late-round guy, and no one really knew what was going to happen in that Eagles backfield. I mean, he put together a pretty damn good team. Yeah. He did, and he was probably high on Molly when he did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantasy, baby. Um, all right. Well, uh, hopefully you did make the playoffs. Um, this show is going to be focusing on kind of the latest uh, news and everything after Monday Night Football wrapped up here. 
on waiver wires. So guys that we could pick up uh, heading into week one of the playoffs um, and forward. So, yeah. Uh, Any notes, thoughts, concerns on the two games tonight? The Dolphins taking on the Titans and the Packers. Losing to Tommy <laughs> DeVito and the and the Giants. Honestly, I was shocked going into this week. I was like, "Oh, they're doing a Monday night doubleheader," and they didn't even stagger them like they do at the beginning of the season. They were like simultaneous kickoffs. Yeah, pick one what you want, which one you want to watch. And both games were highly competitive. Uh, very, uh, the the unpredictable in terms of like the uh, outcomes. There you go. Um, I think most people. <laughs> yeah, you found it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I think most people expected the Packers to win, not necessarily easily, but handedly, right? And I think most people expected the Dolphins to smoke the Titans. And right. both games were were really competitive. It came down to the to the final drives. Um, highly entertaining Monday night. Probably one, probably the best of the season, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finally, a good primetime game. Both underdogs won. Apparently, the Dolphins are supposed to win by 13 and a half points. That was the spread. I think I saw the money line at the time. It was like plus 650. God damn it. Missed opportunity. That's all I do. It would have been, par- been a hell of a parlay. Yeah, just those two. I mean, she might be looking at plus, you know, thousand odds. Both of them money line. Probably more than that because the Packers have been rolling. Yeah, I, I saw the Packers were five point favorites and uh, the Dolphins were thirteen and a half, and obviously I mean, neither of those. Covered. A five point favorite on the road is significant. See, I get worried about yeah. that. I saw they're and they're playing in New York, so I'm just like, I mean, obviously the Packers are no strangers to winter weather, but anytime someone's traveling um, to an away field in cold weather during the winter, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that minus five and a half for the Packers before that game. I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the hardest I've rooted for any game, most like for a Monday night game all season. I had some, a, one very specific uh, league on the line here, and it worked out in my favor just barely, but I'll fucking take it. Derrick Henry for the, for the win at the end of the game. Oh, King Henry. The throne hasn't been besieged yet, or... I'm probably using the wrong word there. No, that's. I think that's accurate. Actually, I think it's proper vocabulary. It's proper English. I think that is proper English. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Queen would be very pleased with you. Uh, a couple standouts. What about Jason State? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that's the that's the real British opinion. I want. Jason would fucking love it. That was very Australian. Uh, I, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> that that was, was bad. That's Australian, Jason. <laughs> it was Australian. It's Jason for sure. Dundee, Jason. If I could do other accents, I would do the Queen, but I don't even know. Like, <laughs> why? Just <laughs> extremely posh. <laughs> well, yeah. Just, oh, I, 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 I love, I love the game. I, lo- I love American football. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe damn, I should add dude. like 50 that's years to spot this. on is it <laughs> I think it's pretty I think it's pretty good I love the game um, <laughs> I'd like to sip tea on a Sunday and David. watch the Packers fuck it up again David Beckham I that, love watching Beckham <laughs> I, I'm, I'm almost getting female Trumpy with it so <laughs> I'm just gonna stop with that <laughs> I love the game wonderful game I saw the game. I said, wow, that's a good game. <laughs> I was steeping my tea, and I said, wow. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Tyreek Hill got hurt, came back. No worries there. Should be good to go. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone was, like, super concerned. Like, you saw everyone in the crowd was like, oh, shit. There goes our basically our entire season. And he limps all the way across the field, and in the final, like, 15 yards, he just sprints. At that point, I know they kept him out a bunch of the game after that to help keep him somewhat healthy, but I'm like, all right, no, Tyreek's going to be all right. He's yeah. good. I hope he stays healthy just to break the 2,000-yard mark. Yeah, honestly, I've been thinking about this all like a lot, especially recently because he's been so close. I also hope that he breaks it in the game 16 instead of game 17 because people are going to always hold that against him. 
Like, if he only beats it by, like, you know, 20 yards or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, Calvin Johnson did it in 16 games. Tyreek had it half 17. People will hold that against them, which is stupid. Understandable in terms of, like, the way the history is looked at overall. But, like, at the same time, I really want him to do it in week in that sixth week 17, I guess, for the season, their weeks, their overall 16th game. Yeah, I'm with you. But if anyone argues with that, just welcome to the future, old man. Things change. <laughs> like, fuck. We don't control that shit. Welcome to the future. Uh, couple notes. Justin Herbert likely to have surgery on Tuesday. That is tomorrow. We're recording this Monday night. Um, his uh, ability to return and play this season will be determined by the surgery itself, I guess. So we're going to week 14. He's having surgery. Well, he broke like, he, he broke his to. index finger on his throwing hand this time. So the finger injury he had before was on his offhand and the middle finger. Right. So he's able to basically play through it. But this one being on his throwing hand. And with where the Chargers are this season, they're not – pushing for a playoff spot at all at this point, especially without her. Even Herbert's misses one game. They're done, right? Um, so I would expect Herbert's probably sitting the rest of the year. See, that's what I would think. And even if Herbert was starting, they're not going to make the goddamn playoffs. Yeah. So I would expect him to be to be done for the year. And even then, I mean, he hasn't been as good as most people thought he was going to be. I mean, I think everyone pretty much had him as a top five quarterback this year. He's sitting as, as a QB nine. Staley's got to go, man. God, he's terrible. He's a terrible coach. Get just promote Kellen Moore. Put him to head coach. Broncos Staley. I want to hear about his do Staley. Broncos okay? Broncos felt like one of the safest bets this week, honestly. Like looking back at it. Like yeah. Sean Payton versus dumbass Staley. Like it's not even a competition. And the Chargers were a favorite. So mm-hmm. but yeah, bad news for the Chargers. Their season's done. Um, so not great. For your Charger assets heading into the playoffs, Keenan Allen, Eckler. They're also changing at the backfield, how they approach it. Um, Staley was open about that, saying that you know he's going to start mixing things up in the backfield. Yeah, had, who looked at that? Um, well, I know Josh Kelly was like the you know the guy who's supposed to get more touches in general. I'm not sure how so that worked out. Eckler still ended up with ten carries and seven targets through the air. Kelly. Kelly didn't see a single, uh, they're calling it an uptick in playing time. He had the same playing time. only had three carries for six yards. So this whole. Well, what about <laughs> the guy behind him? Um, Isaiah Spiller. I'm looking there next. I've been having an eye and on him. And Spiller Dynasty. had six. Spiller had six carries for 19. So like clearly Eckler is still by far your best option. And sure, I think overall his carries were lower than we've seen most of the season, but he made it up with seven targets. So Eckler is still the guy there in terms of being the lead back. Um, Things could get weird though. If Herbert's out, Eckler's on a contract year uh, and this team's not playing for anything. It could get weird if they're playing for the future. That's true. That's you know, very true. See, Dude, what, I, see what they have in Spiller. See what they have outside of yeah. Eckler because they got to make a decision on Eckler. So that makes sense. I just see it in, in a selfish way. Another backfield bites the dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it possible that Eckler is the worst draft pick of this year? Possibly, because you were Could taking be. him in the first round. I mean, you were taking him at probably top three in most cases, top five at worst case scenario. And I know he missed three games, but man, I mean, he's had so many games where he was really bad. And he is making up for it a little bit with extremely good games, but overall he's still only uh, running back twenty three on the season. Yeah, I mean that's not what you expect out of your top what eight you, pick. Top, I think I think he's went top five in probably just about every draft. Um, super flex leagues, you know, or two QB leagues would be different that way. But I mean, Keenan Allen almost has two times as much fantasy points as him yeah. in a half PPR league. Yeah. That's that's just not good. Um, definitely not what you expect from your first round pick. All right, uh, Josh Jacobs, non participant uh, in today's estimated injury report. They play on Thursday. That's why that's significant. Uh, none of the team actually practiced, but uh, 
estimated injury report is essentially if they would have practiced, who would have practiced. Uh, Josh Jacobs would have not practiced dealing with a quad injury. So short week. Uh, hopefully he's ready to go on Thursday against the Charges. But uh, it's a good matchup. But keep an eye on that. One uh, of the few guys who still has a stranglehold on the backfield. So, yes. Keeping the flame alive. So let's start the waiver wire talk here, actually, with a standout from tonight. Wandale Robinson. Uh, finished, finished with... Uh, 14 and a half. 14 and a half on seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards. It was against the Packers. He also so had, I think, th- it was that about 35 yards rushing or so. But heavily involved, you know, uh, been kind of waiting on this guy to come on. Um, and maybe there's something there with old Tommy DeVitz, old Gabagool, <laughs> uh, getting Wandell the ball. He looks like their best, like, explosive playmaker, really, outside of, obviously, Saquon. But, yeah. um, you know, only rostered in 17% of leagues on Sleeper, so widely available. You know, uh, when you look at the guys that are available, I don't know if there's many receivers I'd be taking above him. You know, Odell, maybe Noah Brown. Well, I think. Or is he kind of the number one receiver to pick up right now? I, I would lean towards Noah Brown um, right now with obviously Tank Dell's out of the season. Nico Collins and left the game with a calf injury. Uh, we don't know what his time frame is, but then the opposite of that is that you also lose CJ Stroud to concussion and we don't know what his stats will be for this Sunday it's going to be really dicey the other problem too Noah Brown is now going to be asked if Neil Collins doesn't play to be the wide receiver one yeah and we different. don't know if he has that capability of being able to really do that I mean he didn't do shit last week against he has the the, Jets. Uh, his he has two games in a row where he's done absolutely nothing hey if CJ Stroud doesn't play guess who we got behind him Oh, long neck Mills. Davis <laughs> Mills, baby. The long neck. Jeffrey. He's capable of slinging it, man. I mean, he did. Dude. I mean, he did play well for a lot of the last, you know, season plus, so Yeah, he did. He at least good enough to support a fantasy receiver. At least uh, one, yeah. I guess the question really comes down to then is let's you know, obviously we're projecting here. If C.J. Stroud doesn't play and Nico Collin doesn't play, does this become just a game where they try to run the shit out of the ball with with Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce? Uh, I don't think so. No? I mean, the, the, the other thing about that, too, they're playing the Titans' defense, which is not a great defense overall, but they are strong against the run. Right. They, they just like, struggle to run the ball all year. They might be figuring it out now with Devin Singletary. They're giving him more carries as of late. Um, at this point, they were going back like three weeks ago. Um, week ten and week eleven, you know, he had fifty-two carries. Devin Singletary did, and he's the only yeah. person on in that backfield who has averaged more than four yards a carry in a game at all. Devin Singletary is averaging like something horrible, like uh, less than three yards per carry this year. All right, Devin Singletary. Did I say that? Damian Pierce is. Averaging less than three yards per carry. Yeah, Pierce has been terrible. He's been bad. Yeah, but getting back to Wandale, uh, we kind of <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, we segued <laughs> off that hard. A few different. Well, this NASCAR in the nineties, uh, dude. We Wandale. <laughs> so <laughs> they got a tough schedule coming up, though. They play the Saints in Philly. Uh, these next two weeks. So, but Philly's passing defense has been really bad this year. Yeah, but if they can get to Devito. Yeah. Like the Packers did tonight, that could shake things up. That's true. I mean, Philly He's untouchable. Philly is actually touch that kid, right? <laughs> but the problem is, like, you have to get to them. So right now, Philly is man. giving up the most <laughs> points to quarterbacks and wide receivers on the season. He's a wise guy. You don't touch a wise guy. Hey, hey, you know he might be a made man, but you know you gotta <laughs> do what you gotta do. You move up in the fucking ranks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, all I know is New York City better have a fucking backup on backup when it comes to Gabagool because uh, <laughs> the city's going to run out tonight after they won. <laughs> all right. Let yeah. me get some more Gabagool for my man over here. 
in conclusion, I think if I'm looking for someone to pick up and I need a flex option, I'd be okay. I, I you know, I think Wandale, I would take a shot on. I don't, uh, I don't like him against the Saints, but I would probably put him in my lineup against the the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, uptick in usage in the last couple of weeks, but I mean, Devito has been starting since week ten, week nine, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, it takes time to build. A chemistry with a, with a wide receiver and i mean the giants have a lot of honestly the giants actually if you look at the receiver room like on paper we've all seen a lot of guys have really big games and like good seasons even but none of them are true wide receiver ones are more set as wide receiver twos and threes so it's this weird chemistry thing that they can't figure out but i mean they used wandell in a lot of unique ways this this or tonight so I I don't know maybe something's happening there. It was interesting. They're definitely trying to get more creative with you know Tommy at uh, at QB there. Um, he he offers a rushing aspect. Yeah, yeah, which totally opens things up for him. I mean they ran some options today. Like you're not going to run an option with I mean, Daniel Jones. There's a chance that going in the future. I mean this is a huge projection, but there's a chance where we see kind of a Debo like role for Wandell Robinson. Well, he was he was kind of drafted to be that. He just hasn't been healthy. So uh, you know, I'm I'm interested, you know, I don't know if you pick at this point like you you're you probably have a pretty established roster. You're not really picking up guys to play, but maybe someone that you can plug in in the semis right. or the finals that might just go <laughs> off. Kind of like a Jarek McKinnon was last year, right? I mean, strong finish. Yeah. Uh league winner. So Tajay Spears, another guy that popped out tonight. We've been telling you to pick him up for many weeks. Uh, fourteen weeks, this fifteen is weeks. Insane. Now. We're just gonna talk about him every week. We'll just we'll just cruise over it. But the volume was huge. Uh, he is over fifty percent now on on sleeper. Uh, but the usage was really good. It's speaking of creative usage, they got him involved in many different ways. Uh, had him and Derrick Henry both out on the field at the same time. Um. You know, average four yards per carry on the ground, only got seven attempts, uh, but eight targets through the air, six receptions, 89 yards um, all through the air. So making plays in every which way. Uh, keep an eye on Tajay. If he's still available, that's a nice depth piece uh, yeah. in the playoffs. I'll just say this real quick. Obviously, we keep bringing him up every week, but if you watch a Titans game, which I don't blame you if you have not this year, <laughs> Um, when he comes on the field, it's a definite change of pace. This is someone you you need to have on your team if you have space for him. Yeah, and it should also be pointed out over the next uh, three weeks, they get Houston, which is a middling defense against running backs. Seattle, which is a terrible defense against running backs, mm-hmm. and then Houston again. So there's a chance that Ty J Spears. That's does, a very good point. Does pop off, and then. Again, put it. Let's look up towards last week too, when they played Indianapolis. When Derrick Henry went out with the concussion, I mean, obviously he came back and played, but again, it came back to if well, we've been saying all year, right? If Derrick Henry gets hurt, Ty J Spears is the dude here. When Derrick Henry went out, Ty J Spears had 16 carries for 75 yards and still six targets through the air. We know he'll be a huge part of this offense if Derrick Henry gets hurt, and that's a handcuff yeah. you have to have. Well, and uh, what's their record? Are they in a position to fight for they're a while? They're five card? and eight now. Yeah, no, they're uh, technically not, not really. I mean, pretty much. Out they'd have it. to win out and have other things happen. Uh, but with that being said, I think what you might be kind of alluding to here is that there's nothing to play for. Right. Maybe they give Ty J Spears more carries um, down the road. Yeah. Which Your seems... dog just ripped horrible <laughs> ass, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I feel like he just shit on my now, face. Now, I don't think that's Mike Vabrell's uh, mo. I think he's gonna have his starters <laughs> and Derrick Henry in there till the final, the final snap if he can. Um, they're not gonna try to. It's just not what he does, right? Right. I mean, he's he's there to win no matter what, uh, whether they're they're getting killed or they have no chance, whatever. I mean. He's always he's a really good coach. I mean, I think everyone knows this. He has been able to pull absolutely every little ounce of talent out of this team. They honestly a lesser coach, this they don't have five wins this year. I wish I could concentrate on that take. Your dog just skunked me, dude. You guys <laughs> don't smell this? I barely all over no. on that side of the table, bro. I uh, I mean it's, 
his ass is right between your legs, so that would he make must sense. Have, I don't know. He must have gotten something. It's it's hard to concentrate right now. I'll just say that James it, just he, James just made sure to feed a bunch of deli meat right before the show. This part of the table is ripe. In fact, <laughs> I can just look at I can tell by your guys' faces you don't even know what I'm talking about. No, I don't smell it at all. I don't smell anything. Uh, uh, okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, Ty Chandler uh, is a popular name this week with Alexander Madison. Uh, going down early uh, in the game on Sunday. It's reported that he's dealing with a sprained ankle. I uh, don't know if it's high or low, uh, and his status is up in the air for Week 15 against Cincy. So if he were to not play, Ty Chandler would essentially have the backfield to himself. I really don't think there's anyone else there uh, besides a kick returner guy. Yeah, I mean, I had uh... – I don't remember his name at this point, but I had an argument for a guy at the beginning of the season. Uh, he was a rookie. He fumbled a bunch. He's still on the team. No, I don't think he is. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that. It was that's that long ago. Yeah, a guy who I thought couldn't could make a, a dent if he could couldn't you know figure out his fumble issues. He wasn't able to, and is uh, I don't think he's on the team anymore. I think you're right. I don't. And again, I don't even remember his freaking name. I don't either. Uh, but I do remember that happening. So Ty Chandler, I mean, we've seen it. He's a little bit of a speedier back, uh, better receiver. Um, so, yeah, I think he's definitely worthy of picking up, uh, especially you know if Madison's out or is hurting. Uh, could potentially be a flex play through the playoffs. Because of his receiving ability, I'd agree with you. But the, the Vikings have struggled to run the ball at all in general this yeah. year. So the receiving ability is a nice little what about uh, buffer for him. What about the receivers in Minnesota? Um, obviously, this game on Sunday was one of the most inept offensive games I've ever seen in my life between the Vikings and the Raiders. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, we probably need to. They were okay. playing. They were playing <laughs> baseball. I mean, they were playing. It's not, like, it's not like they had had weather to deal with. They were playing indoors, and the score was three to zero. Josh Dobbs got benched. Who knows what's going to happen at the core position? If they're going to change over to the rookie um, and move off of Dobbs, Justin Jefferson, you know, came back this week, got hurt almost immediately, went to, and is dealing with a chest injury. They said he might be able to play this week. I mean, who's the rookie? Jordan Addison. Oh, you mean at quarterback? Yeah, well, I thought Nick Mullins. I think they put Nick Mullins. I don't know if they put Nick Mullins in or if they put Jaron Hall in. Honestly, I was not paying attention to that game. Uh, Nick Mullins ended up coming in. He was 9-13 yeah. for 83 yards. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, that quarterback situation is completely up in the air. If Justin Jefferson comes back and plays this week on Sunday, I mean, it's, it's do you have to put him in your lineup? You've already gone, if you, especially if you're in the playoffs, you've already gone like six weeks without Justin Jefferson. Would you, with the way Dobbs has played the last couple of weeks, and then you know, who knows if Nick Mullen comes in and plays, like, what are you guys doing with Justin, I guess specifically with Justin Jefferson if he's able to play? I'd personally wait. He, he's still technically day-to-day, according to the yeah. Vikings, with that chest but let, injury. But, but let's, say, let's say he's active, right? Let's um, say he's ready to go. Yeah, he, I'm playing him. You're playing him no matter what? Yeah. It's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> You're going to lose in the playoffs because you didn't start Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Know? I don't know. I feel like you have to. I don't know. Like, I mean, I have one team where I had – this is the first time in years I had the number one overall pick. I did go with Justin Jefferson, and I went heavy receiver. I got Jefferson, A.J. Brown, Almiron, St. Brown. Back-to-back. Back. Those were my first three picks. I went heavy receiver, right? Double yeah. down on the Brown, baby. Yeah. Now – with that being said, that same league, I'm kind of hurting for running backs because one of my running backs I did pick up was Aaron Jones. Hmm. Expecting him to still be able to give me, you know, low end wide receiver one or running back one or versus high end RB two, and he's not been doing that obviously. And so, if you're in a position like that, do you think you still throw him in, or because you have such good depth at wide receiver? Depends on who you're flexing. Yeah. Like who are you going to start over him in your flex? I mean. Let me. I can look at it real quick. Give me just a second here. That's what it would come down to me because obviously AJ Brown and Amon Ra are, are starting <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'd throw in Michael Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, for instance, my running backs 
this last week were were Alvin Kamara, obvious start, and then I ended up throwing in Clyde Edwards Hilaire after Pacheco went down, and he had an okay game, uh, just under nine points. But what I could do is go with them at running back. And I also had Z- I picked up Zeke and put him on my bench, not expecting him to have a good game. If you guys listened to our waiver wire episode last mm-hmm. week, I said not to do that. Um, and he didn't have a good day running the ball, but they gave him the ball so freaking much through the air. Didn't matter. So maybe, I don't know. I'm honestly not sure what to do in that league. <laughs> um, I also have a guy like George Pickens or Rasheed Rice on the bench. I could throw into flex if I want to take like Clyde out and put Zeke in for him. I mean, well, this is guaranteed. Whoever you don't start, it's gonna go. Off. <laughs> it's gonna go yeah. off. So, <laughs> yeah, that's probably what's gonna happen. That's exactly what's gonna happen. So, yeah. Thank you for not helping my lineup decision in <laughs> week fifteen. That's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, in that situation, when you get closer to Sunday, you can make a better, more informed decision. But right now, Monday night, it's like. Yeah, it's, it's to tough. answer your question, I would go with Rasheed Rice. He's been on a fucking tear lately. And sit Justin Jefferson because of just because it, of the it, it, if you weren't going with Jefferson, I would start Rasheed Rice. But if Jeff, but that, I guess that's what what it comes down to. If if Jefferson is completely healthy, do you throw him in the lineup just regardless? Doesn't matter what your team setup is. He is arguably the best receiver in the league when he when healthy, right? Right. I, I'd be more hesitant than Jim just to throw him in. I Obviously, think, he's I, a must start when he's healthy, but. He's coming off an injury. I got, you know, Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I think you need more information. 29 targets in three games. You need to know if Dobbs is going to play and going to start. You need to know if Jefferson's going to be healthy, if he's 100%, if he's, you know, 70%. Um, you just don't know that right now. So. All right. I will pose this question again in two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. I'm just saying right now, Rasheed Rice on a chair. Two touchdowns, last three games, 29 targets in the last three games. Yeah, uh, he's been doing his thing. So, at this point, if I had to make a decision right now, Rasheed Rice is starting over Justin Jefferson in my lineup right now. All right, another popular name on the waiver wire, Deonta Foreman. Uh, <clears throat> he kind of took over the lead role again this last week against Detroit. Eleven attempts on the ground, fifty yards, three targets to the air, two receptions. So, yes, he's the lead guy, but other guys are still involved, and they play Cleveland next week. So, I'm not uh, I'm not rushing to waivers to, to pick up Foreman. No, I mean, this backfield's a complete enigma. I mean, every I, everything was pointing towards Roshan Johnson kind of starting to take over this role a little bit, and then it completely changed. He only played 28% of snaps, had one carry. Khalil Herbert, I think, had three carries. I mean, it came out of nowhere that Foreman also went back to being the lead guy here after a couple of weeks of being the third guy. Right. Um, And then, yeah, you add on the match against Cleveland. I mean, it's just not somebody I'm looking to add in any way. And honestly, at this point, with this backfield, you can't start anybody. They do play Arizona in two weeks. So I will say if there's someone that does start to at least emerge as the majority uh, the majority ball carrier gets the mo- majority of touches, and it's more clearly defined. That's a really good matchup, Arizona. So keep an eye on that. For I mean, next but here's week. the problem: I don't think it's gonna be, ever be clearly defined. Let, let's just go over these carries in the last three weeks, um, or last three games. Foreman, one he was hurt for one. So last, so this last week he had eleven, was hurt, had six carries. Khalil Herbert in the last three games. Three carries, six carries, and 16 carries three weeks ago. Okay, random. Roshan Johnson, one carry, 10 carries, six carries in the last three games. I mean, there's... And it's not like any of them actually actually doing much production on the ground, so it's not even like you're saying they can, they're can they going with a hot hand because none of them are doing anything. So as much as that Arizona matchup is super enticing, you have no idea who's going to be getting that ball. That's just not a risk I'm willing to take, especially when you're talking about Week 16 being the semifinals of the playoffs. Yeah. I want something that's a little more defined than that. Yep, I totally agree. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. uh, Starting to be targeted more heavily. Ten targets last week. That was the most on the year for him. Only caught four of them, but 97 yards receiving and a touchdown. Uh, finished with 17.7 fantasy points. 
he is interesting. I mean, going into the playoffs, he, you know, last three games, we're talking 22 targets, not really hauling in as many catches as you would like on 22 targets. He only has uh, 11 catches. Uh, Boomer bust option at this point, but he is getting more involved. If you're in a bad spot and you don't have a receiver for this at this point, you're in the playoffs. I wouldn't mind throwing him in there, but at this point you're making the playoffs. So I'm assuming um, you don't need OBJ. I mean, as a flex play, he's one of those guys that at this point in his career is, you know, a high ceiling type of player. He can have games that he absolutely kills you on. But there's other games where he will have a very good game. Um, this last week being being one of those. Only four catches for 97 yards, but 50 of those yards and a touchdown came on a single play, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's that type of player who could give you that, that one big play. We've also seen him in a game where um, still only four catches, but 116 yards, you know. And Lamar seems to be getting more and more comfortable in this Todd Monken uh, offense. I mean, if you looked at him in the fourth quarter and his pocket awareness and playing from the pocket, because they were really uh, kind of bracketing him in the, in, the, in the pocket, not letting him get out and run as much. I mean, he was dicing up the Lions. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Lions. Who were they playing this week? The Rams. The Rams. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he was dicing them up from inside the pocket, which is not something we've seen a ton of from Lamar Jackson. So I think he's starting to really figure out this offense. And if that is the case, and he becomes more of a threat through the air rather than on his than on the ground with his legs, Odell Beckham's floor then also starts to rise. Mm-hmm. And his floor right now, if we're going off of like recent, you know, recent production, he does have. Yeah, four games out of his last five are double-digit fantasy points, which I've always drove that into the ground on this podcast. Double-digit fantasy points, especially from your flex player. Yeah, you you'll take that all day. So rostered in fifty-two percent of leagues on sleeper, so more than likely probably rostered. He's rostered in forty-six percent on the consensus mm-hmm. uh, percentage, which is actually pretty high. Uh, big names, so that's to be expected. Uh, so. Probably likely that he's not available, but uh, I guess if you have some room on your bench, you know, I, I'm not comfortable playing him immediately, but. Well, I mean, I like the, the matchup against the Jaguars this week. It's pretty good. Now, the week after that, he gets San Francisco. San Fran and then Miami. Yeah. So those two matchups are not great, um, especially the San Francisco one, obviously. But at least for one week, probably a pretty good good play. All right, uh, the Kansas City backfield, everyone was scrambling trying to figure that out with uh, Isaiah Pacheco not playing. Um, looks like he could be out another week as well. They play New England next week. I don't love that matchup. Uh, Bad matchup. They, they went back to the old, like, Clyde's our guy. We're giving Clyde the ball. We're going to give him a shot. And he just kind of did his – his diddly old self, <laughs> the same thing, dude. Three and a half yards of carry, just not very explosive, not very productive. Um, Jarek McKinnon started to get more involved later in the game. Um, did score a rushing touchdown. Averaged 4.7 yards per carry, a little bit better, uh, more than a yard better than, than Clyde. Also had three targets through the air for three receptions, 18 yards. If there's one guy I'm going to pick up, it's Jarek McKinnon for me. Uh, if I'm choosing between him or Clyde, I mean, you kind of mentioned this earlier. He's a guy who last year in the fantasy football playoffs was amazing on a tear, league winner. Yeah, I mean, he really 30 was thirty point he, games. And now that Pacheco's not there, I could see Andy Reid. You know, yeah, really kind of leaning back towards Jarek McKinnon, who's not done basically anything this season. Right. But yeah, I mean, I I would agree. I would think that his ceiling, um, is higher than Clyde's, just based off what we've seen past production and and past years. I mean, he didn't do anything all year last year, and then it was boom. Week thirteen, thirteen points. Week fourteen, twenty eight points. Week fifteen, thirty points. Uh, sixteen. Week sixteen, he had eleven. Um, and then week 17, 20. So, yeah, it was that back half of the stretch uh, of the season. And I feel like they gave Clyde his shot. Like, okay, you're the starting running back. Go, let's see. You know, against Buffalo. Right. And 
and he just didn't do shit again. So, and also, I also think there's something to say the end of this season, and the Chiefs' offense is not what we've expected, and not what's been in, since Mahomes, you know, became the starter in Kansas City, and yet Andy Reid has not taken full play calling away from from Matt Nagy. And that's kind of what happened last year, too, where Andy Reid became a little more intent on making the play calls himself over Eric Bieniemy, And saying that the, at this point, the Chiefs are you know on the outside looking in in terms of getting to that number one seed and having to go on the road in the playoffs, which they have not done in the Patrick Mahomes era. They have played every playoff game at home. I could see Andy Reid want, be like, no, I'm taking this over and... Matt Nagy, you suck because he does. We've seen that before. <laughs> because he yeah. does. And if that's the case, I think he's going to see Jarek McKinnon as the weapon we had last year and could absolutely utilize him a lot more in this offense. Yeah, I I just have a gut feeling that's the direction they're going in. Uh, McKinnon rostered in 50% on sleeper, Clyde 54%. So there was a big jump in roster percentage once Pacheco was out. Uh, but still McKinnon's more widely available. So um, same thing goes for consensus percentage at what as well. So could be available to you. Trey, are you on the same boat that, that way between Clyde and Jarek? Oh, yeah, I'm totally with you guys. Even, even just like the bare bones scenario, you look at it, just even if Jarek McKinnon didn't do that at the end of last year, he's the one who has the passing, you know, the receiving upside. Clyde doesn't really exist in that aspect. And uh, right now, as far as that backfield goes, especially with Pacheco out, you want the running back who's going to catch passes. So I'm totally with that. Um, okay, who else? Curtis Samuel is making the rounds a little bit. He's still decently available, 47% on sleeper, 38% uh, consensus, I believe. Um, led the team. Uh, in receiving yards and was tied for receptions um, and targets the last time this team played in week 13 against the Dolphins. We're on a bye last week. Uh, looks like Brian Robinson might miss another week uh, this week against uh, the Rams. So I don't know. I mean, I don't really want any commanders receivers in my starting lineup right now. <laughs> it's so volatile you know like even terry mclaurin it might get zero receptions you know that's his floor literally right now so yeah i don't know I, do you guys want to mess with any with curtis samuel or any of the Mm-mm. receivers i can't get jiggy with this shit <laughs> <laughs> what is this <laughs> i can't get jiggy with this no, I, I think he's still on this list just because the fact that he has 160 yards in the past two games. All season before that, he really wasn't relevant. Um, had a couple good games earlier in the year. And this kind of, I know the Dolphins have a good defense, but the fact that he led the team in receptions with four and 65 receiving yards, led the team in receiving yards, that kind of tells you everything you need to know. And the fact that he had 100 yards the week before that, that, I think that's why his name continues to pop up. So I'm really not not riding that wave. I don't like it. I mean, honestly, I don't know what to think about this offense. Um, Sam Sam Howell Howell or Bust. I mean, but he's been, Sam Howell's been slinging it all year, right? I mean, I think, I mean, shit. Yeah. He's spreading it around, though. Let's just say he's getting 300 yards right. a game. Yeah, there's no, he doesn't have like a 100 yard I mean, receiver. He's, I he's think, done some good things. I mean, he's average. I think on, I haven't, you know, without doing the math, I think he's probably over 40, 40 attempts a game. Yeah. Quarterback the, five on the year with a bye week last week. Yeah. And the, the weird thing is that in a game that they're getting blown out in by the Dolphins, right? They, I think they lost 45 to 15 or something along those lines. He has his low. Sam Howell has his lowest throwing output of the season at only 23 attempts, matching uh, week six against Atlanta with also 23. Other than that, you're talking about like 17 attempts more a game. Right. So what was this? It's a really weird game script to be getting blown out, but then continue to not throw the ball. They got some really weird coaching <laughs> over there. Uh, Riverboat Ron, baby. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've always kind of questioned well, uh, the, the leadership. So I, I mean, as the, the as old the older Ron Rivera gets, the less 
chances he's cognitive taken. he is I'm just calling like yeah. Keno. Ron. I know. I mean, and I made the joke last <laughs> week that I want pre-cancer Ron, which is a terrible joke to make, but I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> How's that a bad joke? You're just referring to a time in the world where he didn't have cancer, um, which anything is a, a positive. I mean, hey, he, he also he okay. Like, <laughs> I just saw another. He also beat cancer. That's a huge fucking thing, right? Like he beat cancer. How yeah. many fantasy points do I get for that? He's a dog. I mean. He he had cancer. <laughs> the cancer in my throat said, "Fuck you, cancer. Get away from me." And he, he did. did. And so, but it's just weird that like <laughs> I'm giving the ball to Brian Robinson. I don't care what you do. To me. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that was a deal I, he made with the devil. Who will <laughs> let you beat cancer? But you know, in a, in a game script where you should be throwing the ball, why don't you just switch things off. up? Even though you've been throwing like 50 times a game, just switch things up. Yeah, <laughs> just out of nowhere for no reason at all. Yeah, thanks, so Satan. It's weird, and I guess with all that being said, I mean, I guess scary Terry because he's such a talented receiver. I would still consider as a flex play no matter what. Uh, but it's it's risky. There's no doubt about that. Everyone else, I'm not considering. Yeah, I, I don't want any part of it. Uh, not in my playoffs. Um, Noah Brown makes the list. Two weeks in a row now, he has done nothing since returning from injury after a big couple of games in week nine and ten. Uh, Houston looks like shit against the Jets last week. <laughs> That's an understatement. CJ Stroud may or may not be playing next week against Tennessee. Uh, so we liked the talent potential. Uh, but I mean, are you picking them up now? Fifty-five percent roster rate in sleeper. What are your thoughts, man? I I don't know. We 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 kind of went into this before we started recording. I guess I'll just kind of reiterate those thoughts here. Um, we don't know if CJ Stroud's playing. We don't know if Nico Collins is going to be playing. He's dealing with a calf injury. CJ Stroud with a concussion. And so there is a chance that Noah Brown ends up being the number one receiver here. But if Davis Mills is the quarterback and not C.J. Stroud, how much can you really rely on Noah Brown giving you production as the number one receiver when there's a very good chance that his production earlier in the year was because he was the second or third option in the passing game? Yeah. I can see that. but. We can't forget so quickly that Davis Mills, he's, he's a gunslinger. He will sling it if the opportunity is available. Yeah, and I think the fact that they have Davis Mills is like, it, it's almost a 0% chance C.J. Stroud plays, I think, this week. Uh, I, mean, it so. kinda, I think it kind of just depends. Like, concussions can be weird. Yeah, but he's a rookie. He's their quarterback. He's their, the face of their franchise. But they're, their I mean, they're also fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, but like, I mean, are they they, they're win full the Super Bowl. I mean, probably not, but still, I mean, you're talking about a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach situation, and you can make the playoffs when everyone thought you were gonna be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I just don't think he plays. If I had to choose right now, I, I don't think he plays. Uh, so okay, let, let's put it this way: let's say, let's say he does play. Let's say Stroud plays, right? And let's also say that Nico Collins comes back because I mean they're not saying that Nico Collins' injury is significant anyway, so he could play. So let's say Stroud's in, Collins is in, and now you have Noah Brown as the number two receiver against a Titans defense who are the tenth best defense against wide receivers on, uh, in, on the season, right? Are you throwing Nico? Are you throwing Noah Brown into your flex play? If both are healthy, Stroud and Nico Collins. No, I don't think so. I mean, who are you starting him over? It's a good question. I mean, obviously we have no more bye weeks, right? We're at the point where there's no buys left. And so there's a good chance. But at the same time, like, I mean, no one thought Tank Dell was gonna do anything this year and now and he was an absolute monster as that number two receiver in this offense. Tank Dell has more stats and numbers to uh, fall back on and justify. Well, but, but he was the the number two receiver in in this offense, and now he's no longer there. So now Noah Brown is becoming the number two receiver. Right, I understand, and all these numbers happened with you know the receiving core more or less being healthy. But we're really driving home a point on someone who has scored more than seven fantasy points twice this year. 
Yeah. I don't know it's, possible. It's too Eight risky. Games. There's just too many variables. Even if Stroud's back, I, I you know, I get the matchup is good, but there's no way Noah Brown is, you know, one of your best starting options. I mean, there is a way, I guess. There's always a way in fantasy, but um, I, I just think it's highly unlikely, right? I know a lot of Browns. I'm not rolling with this one, dude. I mean, the only thing I would throw out is that one of the games that Noah Brown did go off in was a game that Nico Collins was out. That was week 10 against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So Collins is out. Tank Dell is playing. But that's a game that Noah Brown goes for eight or eight targets, seven catches, 172 yards. So clearly, I I don't know. It just seems like one of those things where like the potential as offense is so great. As long as Nico Collins and CJ Stroud are there, that I think I'm worth. I think it's worth throwing Noah Brown into your flex as the number two receiver in that offense, knowing that Nico Collins and then hopefully if Dalton Schultz comes back, is another guy that takes. You know, defense is away from Noah Brown. I can only justify it if you're making the playoffs and for whatever reason you got to fill that flex spot. Yeah, it totally, only totally depends on who you're. You know, so let me ask this: over. if you're if you're if you are considering Noah Brown or OBJ in your flex, who are you taking? OBJ. Jim's not sure. Yeah, you got to think about it for sure. But uh, who do the Raiders play again? Or Ravens? Odell is playing Jacksonville. I'm only doing that because Noah Brown's floor is considerably low. He could, uh, he could give you a couple points. And if you want to look at like the, the yeah, stats, Odell. I'd go Odell. Jacksonville's is giving up a ton of points to receivers. Sixth worst in the in the league, where Tennessee's the tenth best. I would go Odell. Okay. And Tennessee, though, you kind of got to give them the Texans treatment, though. This, you know, they have a lot of low-scoring games. Go. They're typically losing their passing go. number. Their passing defense numbers are a little inflated just I think because I would, of how they play. I think I would go bolt. I would go Wandale over both of those guys. This, if you know, I'm choosing between those three. Wandale, where's the intimidator? That's an issue. who's Wandale playing again this week? New yeah. Orleans against New Orleans, though. Hmm. I mean, New Orleans is one of the best defenses in the league. New Orleans has only given up; act, they're the third best defense against wide receivers. So, like the matchup's even worse. Yeah. Uh, it would be a toss-up between him and Odell, but I'm just mm-hmm. okay. I'm just throwing that out there. As far as like, I mean, where those, they're at. but I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, these are really tough decisions, especially when you're talking about guys that there's nobody on by. So you're making. It, also, some of the playoffs are actually harder decision making because you have to pick like this guy or that guy because everyone's playing, and so these are, I, I think these are really good questions to ask because I bet you, you know, how, whoever's listening is asking these exact same questions. Uh, let's move on to some other mm-hmm. players here. Zay Jones, fourteen targets last week, only caught five of them for twenty nine yards. But he got 14 targets against Cleveland. They play Baltimore uh, next week. No, thank you. <laughs> against Baltimore, it's that's uh, tough. No, Zay, Jose. Now, the, I mean, the volume's been crazy. He had eight targets against Cincy, and then 14 targets against Cleveland. But production has not been crazy. He he can't turn I into mean, much. He used to be a Raider. I've seen this guy play. Christian, Unless you're absolutely force feeding him against a bad defense, I don't like it. I don't love against Baltimore either. But Christian Kirk is on IR now. And so it's Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley, right? Well, and I think that's part of the reason he got 14 targets. Christian right. Kirk left pretty early in the game. And even then, Calvin Ridley also had 13 targets. Yeah. And no, and remember, Calvin Ridley, or, uh, um, sorry, Christian Kirk went out the week before against Cincinnati. He didn't play at all against Cleveland. And I think the amount of targets they both received just result of the game script, right? That game ended up being a shootout. It, no one saw that coming, you know, with that Jacksonville game. And they probably threw the ball more than yeah, I would think that, normally I, be anticipated. And I think that shows to why it's no production on all that volume, <laughs> right? Because they're force-feeding the ball to Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones and just trying to force passes. And, and I think we saw this last week. My bad if I cut you off. But uh, no. 
Evan Ingram is the beneficiary of Christian Kirk being out. That's a good point. Evan Ingram has, what, three touchdowns in the last two games after not scoring a single one the he, entire season? He scored two last week. He's been a, you the, know, and one, one of the best tight ends for fantasy all year already. I mean, he's been a target monster already. He, I mean, you're talking about seven targets in every single game or more outside of week one. Oh, that's why I love to see it in a fucking tight end, baby. Let's I think go. you're right. And then they're clearly, when they're in the red zone, they are heavily targeting Ingram now, which they were not doing earlier in the season with yeah, Christian. It's working. I mean, so do you think, oh, man, this is tough. I mean, obviously, Zay Jones, like, it's the production, uh, the usage there is crazy, but production's behind is not there behind it. And same thing with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley had 13 targets for four catches, only 53 yards. And it might sound crazy, but I'm going off of past production when I'm comparing these two guys. Zay Jones, we've seen his ceiling, um, or at least I have being a Raiders fan. Like I, I, I've seen what he can do. He, he's not horrible, but he's not going to be that guy. Calvin Ridley still is capable. Yeah. Um, but isn't it likely? Mm, that's a tough. Isn't one. it likely? Even against a very, 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 very good, maybe the best in the league defense against the Ravens, that one of them has a good game? You'd think, but Cleveland's also a really, really good defense. Probably not even as good as Baltimore. And Yeah. Saw how that went. Uh, they're probably on the same page, honestly. Cleveland's defense is good. Yeah. Um. All right. <laughs> Streaming quarterback options. There's only one I want to talk about. Well, there's I I'd say there's a few that you could possibly stream this week. Joe Flacco. The resurgence. Ah, that's a good one, yeah. I should probably talk about old Joe. Old Joe. Sixteen points in uh week thirteen, twenty in week fourteen against Jacksonville. He's get Chicago this week. Uh it's a good matchup. Good matchup. And He's been playing well. <laughs> Quarterback thirteen, five his first week with the C, with the uh, what am I saying here with the Browns? Five touchdowns, only two picks. Uh, a lot of passing yards, a lot of attempts. Yeah, he's streamable. But I mean, who is in the streaming option at this point? Right, like, as we mentioned earlier, there's no bye weeks. Uh well, there's two quarterback leagues. Superflex leagues. Yeah. I mean, there, there's that, but it's not like we're dealing with a ton of injuries at this point in terms of guys you would throw into that position. Superflex, okay. if you need a second quarterback, you definitely want Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. If he's available, you just got to go all in, pour all your fab that's left. Jake Browning. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. Either him or Jake Browning. If you're in a Superflex, two-quarterback league, that's the only time I can imagine someone's really targeting a quarterback right now. I mean, Jake Browning might be a better start than some of those guys you're starting. Uh, you know, 26 points week 13, 23 last week. He's got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to throw the ball to. And he's been playing well. Uh, 24 for 18 last week. That's pretty efficient. 275 yards, two touchdowns. University of Washington alumni. And he's had yeah. a quarterback sneak in both games that he started for touchdowns. Okay, let me throw this out there then. Um, Jake Browning, Joe Flacco, or Geno Smith. Oh. Who is playing Philly on Monday night. Philly, as we mentioned earlier, is the worst defense against quarterbacks and wide receivers on the season. Geno's coming off the injury, though. And they don't know how mm. if he's gonna play on. It's all. I mean, that's. I feel like that Philly stat is. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's deceptive. I, it it can be. It's not. They're, they're it's strong. Still a good defense. No, I mean, if you look at their their passing numbers are bad. They are giving it, it, up it a is. ton of yards yeah. to the air. I mean, it's rough. It is bad. I think when it comes down to if you're talking about analyzing the Eagles' defense, is how good is the pass protection of the offense they're playing? Well, and what quarterbacks have they played? You know, strength of schedule definitely comes into right. E either way, they are about. dropping the ball more or less because you know, let's just say 
it's not like they're playing killer quarterbacks every week. They they should be shutting it down, especially with that defense. I they mean, still have a killer pass rush. So if the Seahawks can't pass protect, I'm I'm eerie on that one. I mean, since week seven, they've pretty much played a pretty good quarterback every week. You know, Miami, then so Tua, Howell, Dak, then Patrick Mahomes, then Josh Allen, then Purdy, then Dak. I mean, that's that's pretty yeah. much every week you're playing. A, a legit, stud. a legit quarterback. Yeah, I'm just and honestly, I think this question changes a little bit if the Seahawks weren't playing on on Monday night, and there is the injury question with Geno. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm already kind of. I think debunking. I'd be choosing between Flacco or Browning in that situation. Yeah. And, and honestly, I agree with you again, but let, and it'd probably go Browning, just because of the weapons. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'll give you that. Um, I think. I don't know, in a weird world, let's say this, because this game was flexed in the Monday night, right? Let's, they were supposed to play on Sunday. If the if Gino was playing on Sunday, would you still make that same decision? Yeah, Gino, he, yeah, he's been so. on the downslope, man. I think so. I mean, he's been on the downslope. He just put up 30 points against the Dallas Cowboys defense, one of the best defenses in the league before he got hurt and didn't play against San Francisco. That was a good game, but you even know this as a Seahawks fan. They weren't playing offense like that in the recent weeks until, for whatever reason, against the Cowboys, things started to click. Yeah, but, I mean, that's kind of the way things go, especially the Seahawks offense. It's up and down. But it's not like, I mean, Joe Flacco, I'm just making the argument. Joe Flacco, we've seen this for two weeks. We all, we all know that eventually with Joe Flacco, that, uh, the other shoe's going to drop. Yeah, he's also throwing the ball 45 fucking times a game. So, <laughs> so I mean... <laughs> So, I mean, there's that. It's Joe Flacco, great match against, against uh, the Bears. Jake Browning had a couple of bad outings, and then the last two weeks has been really good. And I don't know who the Bengals play this week. Who do they play? Uh, I was just looking at it. Uh, fuck it, dude. We're going in the playoffs, man. Ride Minnesota. the hot hand. They play Minnesota. So, I mean, I think for a two-quarterback system, that's a it's kind of a dicey. I think I would lean towards Browning because of the the weapons as well, and I would lean towards Geno as well too. But the Monday night game plus the injury makes that very very iffy. So I would pro- so I guess if you're really you know talking about choosing one of them, I'd be Browning versus Flacco. Uh, at just the end of the just day. pick a Minshew, start him. Thank me later. <laughs> uh, I mean, he'll get you through, but he ain't gonna get you the points that Jake Browning's capable of. All right, um, anybody we didn't bring up that y'all would like to bring up? Uh, yeah, actually, um, uh, not that you're so, it's gonna be somebody you throw in your lineup right away, but I think Chase Brown should be mentioned. Okay. Uh, he's came back from injury last two weeks and has not played a ton of snaps, but he has been highly, highly productive in that time frame. A lot of Browns in this episode. Noah <laughs> Brown, Jake Browning, Chase Brown. Good time for us I mean, uh, non-whites. I think it'd be more... <laughs> in the last two weeks, he's only played 15 and 30% of snaps in the last two weeks, but in that time frame has... A game of six yard of six points and eighteen points. Uh, one of them coming off of a long long pass, but I don't know when he's on the field, he seems to produce. And I'm bringing this up more as somebody that if you have Joe Mixon, you need to be picking up Chase Brown in case something happens, especially in the playoffs. Uh, handcuffs are much more worthy to have on your bench because at this point, your starting lineup is mostly set anyways. That you need your your great handcuffs. And Chase Brown is looking like he's a very, very great handcuff. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this backfield, even though Joe Mixon's been leading it for years now, there's always been this feeling that, like, he doesn't still, he, he's never really had, like, a full grasp on it. So, yeah, I'm all about this. Chase Brown, you got space in the roster, throw him in there. Well, and again, as you should. Um, in the playoffs, your your starting lineup again, as I said, is more than likely set. You might have one, two, maybe three guys tops that you would consider throwing your flex over one guy just based off of matchups. For the ma- for the most part, then you're also looking at three, four, five spots of just random guys on your bench. And at that point, again in the playoffs, I want to have high quality backups there 
of my starters to make mm. sure I have a plug and play guy in case something happens. Mm. I'll, just, I'll just throw this in there. Chase Brown was the name of my mission when I was down in Atlanta for work uh, this year. <laughs> uh, a lot of good looking black women down there. And the only thing I could think about was Chase Brown. Yeah. Chase, Chase Brown. <laughs> Did you catch any? Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, I got really drunk one night, looked at my Tinder the next day, and I was like, I probably would have got kidnapped or robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Good chance of that. Because I was chasing Brown. <laughs> hey, too <man>. hard. <laughs> at least you weren't in Atlanta singing a song that was not the artist you were looking at in the bar. Hey. Oh, by the Green? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy. I'm happy. And she's looking at CeeLo Brown. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with Why are you not happy? I'm singing your song. (laughs) Idiot. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for week 15 waiver wires. uh, At the FF Fathers on Twitter. At the FF Fathers on Instagram. And thank you. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate you very much. Good luck in week one of the fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Starts and sits later this week before the games start. Catch us there. Goodbye. Bye.